<laughs> did you not do like drama at school? They did not no. teach you to project. Do your I voice. strike you as someone who did drama in school? <laughs> Hello, welcome or welcome back to Photo Slut. I am Laura Lamb Mallet. I am a photographic artist, educator, and full time photo slut. I feel like I'm living my gardener's question time archer's fantasy right now. Mm. I don't know if you know this about me as well, but um, I like cottage core. I mean, you know, dream location for yeah, you. Yeah, and that sort of ties into the fact that um, do you know I read fairy porn? I did know that. I'm not sure how or when I found that out, but somehow I knew that already. Well, this is sort of what this is like... You know, it's nice to just be out in the elements. So that's sort of the like the the the. Do you call it a trifecta if it's three things, or is that sort of different? Yeah, trifecta. Yeah. The three things building together to. Correct. So cottage core. Oh, there's four, so it's a square. Gardener's <laughs> question time. The archers. Fairy porn. Right. Okay. okay. Tell, why why can we hear a dairy farm in the background? We can hear a dairy farm in the background because I live with my partner near to a dairy farm in a village between Bristol and Bath. So we don't have to specify the location. Uh, well, I'm not going to go deep into addresses, you know. What so three words? What three words? I don't know. Generally don't know. No, I don't know. I'd like to know how that works in a building. With what, multiple? Floors. You know, a building. I always imagined one word was X, one word was Y, and one word was height, but I've never used what three words. I'm too technologically... That's actually really clever. Maybe that is the way they do it. Oh, wow, amazing. Um, <laughs> what's your name? My name Because remember, we have to talk like we don't... No, we do, we do know each other, but you have to sort of... Do you think we know each other less than all of the other people you've had on so far? Or do you reckon I'm tying it with John House a little bit? Or do you reckon you and John are besties and me and you are not quite there? I don't think me and John are besties because I don't think <laughs> John... On. I don't think... I Actually, I think the reason that our relationship probably is at a similar level is because um, you and John have a similar tolerance for my tomfoolery. Which is that you enjoy it, but you're not willing to put up with it more so than you need to. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to linger around you while you're doing it. Basically. Yeah, it's not. We like, have stuff to do. But yeah, you're not like the spectators <laughs> of the Laura Mallet Circus. No, and who are the spectators of the Laura Mallet Circus? Everyone else apart from you and John. <laughs> cool, nice. It's good John's come up this early. One of my references, John, is, is John. Is, is John? Is it's John? Is John House? It's John House. Um, no, is Herman Hess, and I know John is a big fan. So shout out to John. He'll know what's going on. Well, there seems to be a lot of things that have been brought up in these episodes, and then I'm just seeing them everywhere. It's a bit like, you know, when you buy a car or something, and then you see that car everywhere. Yeah. Kurt Vonnegut. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah, he's come up a lot recently. Not on my list today, so no. you're safe there. We haven't even done the introduction yet, but we will swing back around We are recording to it. right now, aren't we? Yeah. It's a weird mix of, like, we're having a conversation, but I also feel like I'm performing at the same time. I've switched on my, like, almost teaching kind of brain where I'm really aware of things Welcome I'm saying. Welcome to Photo Slut. This is what you do. It's like casual... I get you in a place where you're 
not well you are performing but maybe not consciously and then that's how i suck all the goodness out of everyone mm, is that why all these snacks are here to correct make relax? Yeah. yeah what i'm really interested in at the moment because it keeps coming up on my tiktok is uh the combination of thierry Henry, jamie carragher micah richards and then there's a sort of interchangeable female figure yeah yeah and the four of them just seem to have like the absolute most fun in the entire world. Yeah, it was that CBS um, show. They the literally, the all they do is laugh. I'm surprised they get any work done. It looks like a great working environment. Yeah. You know? And they work a lot. Yeah. If you think football is on 24-7 yeah. all the time. So. Yeah. I saw Thierry Henry once in Selfridges. Really? Yeah. My mum was like, Thierry Henry. What was he buying? It was by the toilets. He had a long camel coat on. It was amazing. You can't not love Thierry Henry. I was an Arsenal fan until I was about two, and then I defected to Chelsea. Bad choice. That wasn't my. That wasn't my. Uh, my hand was forced. Yeah. Yeah. My stepdad was a Chelsea fan. I used to sleep in Arsenal pajamas. I think I had an Arsenal bedspread. Did you switch it all over? At the moment, it changed. <sighs> kind of. I used to. Uh, the next sort of thing that I would sleep in post Arsenal fallout was um, a massively oversized Idega Johnson shirt <laughs> Idega Johnson he, he, but look, look at Luke doesn't it make sense he uh, was he, my first proper crush in a way yeah. I would say <laughs> <laughs> because he's athletic he's no, no, I wasn't saying that. He's, he's, he's a millionaire <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he I w- see some similarities They're I blonde. used to go to Stamford Bridge and cry because I fancied him so much I can yeah. say I love how we're already on football, even yeah, though I the know. introduction's <laughs> not done, and I haven't even been able to bring it up as done. one of my references. But also, yeah. no one knows who you are because we haven't even got that far yet. <laughs> Literally, no I'm one knows just, who I am. I'm actually just such a chameleon to, um, to, to yeah. Adam <laughs> no. Johnson, great, nice bloke. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, great bloke. Legend. Yeah, absolute legend. I actually also have a signed Zola shirt. Yeah, wow. I'm actually hardcore. Sorry, don't know if you know that. I think my Gerard one beats it. Oh Zola is cool though. Yeah, he's very cool. He's about the same height as me as well. Quintessential. I I quite like the small sportsman, Frankie <laughs> de Tori, Fernando Alonso. Alonso, absolutely. No, no, no. I don't fancy them. The I don't. No, no. Oh, I'm right. successfully. I'm like, like, so no, defensive. no, no, no. Yeah, no. I know. Isn't he just? He's he's given it one hundred. Legend. Also, Amazing. I love those people that go from being hated characters to loved. Yeah, characters. yeah, yeah. Like, like Vettel. Alonso, Vettel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Vettel's this now like hippie environmentalist. Oh, like the redemption of his is total. Uh, swearing. Where are we at with swearing? Oh yeah, podcast? no, uh, swearing's encouraged right. actually. But my parents might listen, so I should probably. And they don't know you swear. <laughs> Our no, but the swear really word I was going to use probably wasn't the most appropriate. So, I did it begin with C? It might have done. Yeah. Okay. Vettel wasn't that anyway. People just don't like him because he's a, like. Do you think Verstappen's going to have that sort of arc or not? No, I think Verstappen's just very serious, and he's mm. he's very he is Dutch, isn't he? He's Dutch. Well, yeah, well, yeah. he flies. He flies. He drives under a Dutch flag. He's actually Belgian, but he was born on the cusp. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to get technical. Yeah. We're on F1 already. How many sports can we go through? To be fair, Volleyball? there's not that many more that I'm as interested in. Well, I'm F1 not really interested in football anymore, but I am interested in certain aspects on it, of it that we'll come back on to. Yeah. yeah. But hold on. Let's let's start with introducing you. And then it oh, my God. Look at these pictures of you. There's a picture of you on Vogue. <laughs> yeah. Are you a model? I was, I was in Vogue, yeah. 
photo. It's the, one of the only photos of me that exists online that has my face. And then there's that one that Danny D- Nadelko photographed. Of Will Poulter or of you? I'll take that. Now yeah. he's had his mini glow up. He has had a glow up in fairness. Is that your dad? <laughs> it's not, but yeah. it, it could be. That would have been great if it was. Um, do you have a bio on the Vogue page? Because I'd actually maybe rather read that one out. Uh, n- don't go deep on searching for me. I tried to do a cull of... I want as little as possible online about me. And this is probably where my press fails miserably. Why do you think um, photographers are so obsessed with being, like, mysterious? Uh, I think there's a few reasons. Mm. I think the reason why we've become photographers is often because we're not so much performers. But then you look at a lot of successful photographers and they are performers. So Yeah, yeah. meat machines. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that in a sexual way. <laughs> it's a good job this is an audio medium. Cause <laughs> Blue tits, meat machine. Hold on, why is your bio so long? Jamie Murray's photographic work centres around storytelling. Drawing on ideas from history, he is interested in the persistence of stories and their relevance to humanity looking towards the notion of documentary within contemporary photography he feels it is important to engage with the subject in a number of ways not being afraid to confront collaborate with and record the experiences he has that was really nice oh the way you were reading it was no because I, I, it's because i sort of got lost halfway because i was thinking it's so rare for somebody to put in their bio how they feel it's just what they are and what they do. Wow, yeah. tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I love that because this is a lot to do with that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So by, by what I'm, what am I talking about? Um, so for the listener out there, Laura, for the long-term is currently listeners, tapping a book that is in front of her that I've just released. Uh, and yeah, I think emotion. I don't know. I was going to say emotional intelligence. That's way too full on. Uh, Have, like understanding emotion is important within yeah. my work. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is why I always emotion. felt slightly separate from a lot of more traditional like documentary approaches. Yeah. And actually, that that is almost doing a disservice to what you might call traditional documentary. There's been a million and one amazingly emotional like photographers within that mm. since the get-go but yeah I, th- I think understanding our relationship with what we're photographing and kind of I almost think the photographs are kind of a secondary aspect to what I do which is I'm nosy and like yeah. you were saying before we start recording you just want to be in everyone's house and kind of get to see yeah. that yeah, yeah I yeah. kind of want to be in every does make me sound like situation killer. I'm interested in and get to see it and understand it whether it's like my point of view or mm. not and mm. I think a lot of my work is based off that. So, Yeah, and I liken it to Dan, Dan Dale's work. It takes, it takes work to appreciate this style of storytelling in pictures because it could be m- misconstrued as something very straight on. Mm. But there's actually so much more to it, yeah. So when you say it can be seen as very straightforward, yeah. When you say this work, do you mean this this work, or what are you trying? No, to I mean I mean sort of like I I think I stole the phrase lyrical storytelling. I yeah. think that's it. You know, like maybe I'm actually just trying to put a name on something that you guys just do very well. 
I could do like um, chat B GPT, sort of like, is that a thing? You know, like AI and like pretend that I'm talking to photographers that I'm not talking to. You probably could. Most people, it probably wouldn't be far off what they would actually say. So. Oh, are you <laughs> That's less of a negative comment towards photographers than a yeah, positive Yeah, I was going to say, AI. what are you trying to say there? Oh, I'm going to drop myself in here. Too That's much. actually one of my favourite things is having a personality in this industry. I actually don't mind. I don't need you to cut out anything. I think I'm fine with everything being in. It's all good. Oh, that's perfect. Because they have a pond at the moment that has um, some special newts, great crested newts for those <gasps> who care. And the dog keeps just climbing into the pond. My mum's dog is obsessed with the pond. And I feel so sorry for the poor fish that live in there. Yeah, there's one fish in that pond and it was like scurrying. Away. It's so yeah. sad. Scurrying. Tell me about how a fish scurries. <laughs> I'm so interested in that. Um, right, I know I said I didn't want anything cut from the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> scurry fish. Oh my God, that sounds like a sort of name that you would have on Reddit or something. Scurry fish. Scurry fish. fish scurry. I'm really happy that you made this book just so I can write off the back of it <laughs> and just tell people that you made it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly good, yeah. I'm. We're going to segue into the book. We've, we've segued into it two or three times and yeah, moved but no, away. No, 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 we dipped our toes in because the pond's small. Yeah, um, the pond's small. One thing I'm really interested in, and maybe maybe it's just the way you carry yourself, I don't know. I'm really surprised that this is your first book. It would be great if you were like, because it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I've five before. <laughs> no, but I um, am. Because I well, think of you as like an established practitioner. Serious Laura appears. Well, I, actually, I'm um, serious. <laughs> that's interesting to hear. You I definitely don't, don't think. I definitely don't think of myself as that. I would say. Why? Good question. So, I don't know. I think this is the first moment I've actually made work and put it out into the world, like yeah. with a vengeance, like in a way yeah. that's like, here is my work. This is what it is. Yeah. For a long time, to a lot of people the few people who have known who I am I've just been someone who occasionally big yourself up you've got more Instagram followers like, than me so big yourself up not that that's difficult but you know but it's not about that is it is it's, it not no it's I think I've I've quite enjoyed being under the radar yeah. I think I did a I did a BA that was kind of really focused on like pushing you very quickly in three years and it was a brilliant BA it was right. um, in South Wales so yeah that was fantastic but towards two and a half years through it I just realized that it felt all felt too soon yeah and like we were being pushed to get work out there into the world and mm. like actually make something that meant something to a lot of people and it it never sat right with me because I didn't feel ready for that I didn't like if I look back on who I was then like in terms of understanding making work and producing work and aesthetically working with images like I I didn't have half the understanding that I have now so I've kind of I enjoyed having a good I was going to say decade break but it's probably slightly less than that yeah um, yeah how old am I now I won't say mm -hmm. uh, yeah so it's been just under a decade since my BA a decade makes it sound so much longer yeah, it than does. it actually when, is wait what year did you start 2011 I started mine in 2013 where do you study? Sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me laugh. <laughs> bath spa. <laughs> yeah. University. Yeah. You might know it as bath spa. We go hard. <laughs> do I know it as that? You don't know bath spa. We go hard. No. Oh god, that's for the ad break. Okay. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> know uh, you can't. 
You actually can't make me do an ad break. <laughs> do you know what? This is becoming like the big thing, isn't it? No, you've got a book to I sell. I technically you've actually worked with sell. Buzzfuzz, so that was there's too much, uh, too much on the line there. Um, yeah, so we're... <laughs> no, I love Buzzfuzz, but I would agree that the same happened to me, that I, I felt like I found my feet in the last two weeks of my third year. Mm, yeah. And I was like, oh, bollocks. But there's, uh, I mean, you were... You know, would have been slightly older than me when oh, you started. Right, let's not make this a thing. But uh, <laughs> I genuinely think that studying creative subjects at that earlier age, when you have a lot of life learning to do as well, yeah. it's kind of like your tutors are teaching you to do basic things. They're teaching you to be on time. They're teaching you to like fulfil an assignment, which is not complicated. It's quite simple. They're mm. teaching you... Then they're trying to teach you the more complicated things, the more mm. kind of um, nuanced things around photography. Because, yes, it was a documentary photography course and that could be viewed in a simplistic realm. But actually, it was touching on lots of different areas of mm. documentary and these more nuanced like forms of it. Mm. So I, I definitely think that being a bit older going into a course is helpful. Absolutely. And, yeah, I guess that's a good moment to say that like you teach now I do and I teach and like seeing students come in like you can see the ones that really benefit from having that that one year out even sometimes yeah. really helps yeah so like I came out of my BA just needing a break yeah like questioning whether I even wanted to do it um yeah and then why did we even go to this you thought I was established outrageous yeah I, I, no, um. I really enjoy it do you know I, this is I'm Maybe this is why I've had such a select amount of people on so far. There are really few people that I can genuinely sit and listen to talk. And you happen to be one of those people. Really? Yeah, like when you talk, I don't want to like rip out your eyes, which is so <laughs> rare for me. Yeah, you but, should tell Izzy that. <laughs> the problem is, is that when I run out of the well of those people that I do feel that way about, that's going to be the end of the podcast, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Maybe somebody else will carry but on the torch. There will be new people. You could make it more selective. You have been quite selective, I guess. As much as it's not about me. <laughs> it's always about me. <laughs> but look. <laughs> I wish I could have had a picture of your... Yeah, the picture of you, as you were saying. That should have Looking been the, up into the, the picture for the podcast. <laughs> as much as it's not about me, yeah. it is also about sharing how I shape myself in photography or how I've shaped myself and it's the people that I'm surrounded with mm. so you know and 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 I was thinking about that when you were talking because I was thinking how do you decide to do a documentary photography course and I was thinking how different I might be if I'd done that course and you know I'm building a tapestry of the people around me so it makes sense that I you know I'm not going to go to fucking Glasgow School of Art my second episode and you know speak to somebody I have no connection with no but there is something there's something really interesting that you're touching on there which is if you were to choose a different place to study you would have mm. been something else yeah and actually that's I think that oh god this is going to get philosophical I, I almost that. think that we are we have a built-in path and then we have uh, environmental factors that affect mm, that mm. and this is where I definitely think my choice to do a course in that vein has simultaneously affected me yeah and disaffected me at the same time right. because I love that and I love work about the world photography work about the world right but I also hate it 
So there's yeah. something about me that doesn't like that and never quite sat with it and it never quite made sense to me and I was never quite someone who perfectly fitted the mould of mm. one of those students who just goes out and makes work all the time about whatever projects of something mm. that's mm. out there. Mm. And like even just thinking about it now, like the references I bring out are like a, a semi-biographical novel, which I guess is documentary, yeah. um, a fictional piece of writing, a... An, an artist who granted deals with the real but ultimately is a painter not a photographer mm. dealing with the really real mm. um so i definitely think that me doing that it it set me on a path of being interested like i was interested in the world and being out in the world but always felt like not quite part of the typical type of people who did yeah that. So i always wanted to fictionalize the reality that i came across that's a soundbite isn't it no, I agree, because I think, you know, a lot of people that I've had on have got their sort of feet stuck in two different places. And a little bit like what I was saying earlier, having having this sort of split and not fitting into a mould, which I think gives you the breadth and the, the the sort of spongy nature to be able to sort of filter and understand what's going on around you without feeling the pressure of putting it into certain pigeonholes. Mm. But then that also comes with the con of maybe not knowing where you belong and therefore not knowing where your work sits or, you know. I think not knowing where you belong is a really good statement. Mm. I think everyone's so desperate in this... I'm not even going to say in this industry. I think it's maybe in life in general, but to fit to to fit in mm. and to mold themselves to a to a thing so they can market themselves and so it makes sense. Yeah. And I think making sense is potentially the most boring thing you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, everything that we're doing is a compartmentalized version of art. Yeah. As I do. Yeah. Air quotes. In air quotes. Yeah. Um, God, this might so. make me cry. This episode. Crying. I don't know. It's really like deep. As much as coming to the cottage. Oh my god! No, the cottage was like amazing. <laughs> honestly, there's a wisteria down the road that nearly had me in tears. Yeah. If Luke's not at home typing <laughs> into right move, no one's going to be coming to find me. I will time. batter him. I want to live here. You can. You can live here. You just have to wait for a rented property or have a good amount of money to buy a place. Do you know anybody who's renting? It makes it sound like I actually have money. Right. So my. Um, Working class guilt uh, has come through. <laughs> I rent here because it's considerably cheaper than renting in. It, it is, and it's really like tough for anyone who wants to move there that isn't in a situation where they have a job. I once in one day saw in Bristol, and this was when I was like 22. And, last week. Uh, no, last week. Um, I worked in a lab that was on Corn Street. Yeah. And... Um, within 50 yards of each other on the same day within about two hours of each other multiple greg's trips to get pasties i saw a seagull eating a rat and then in another location i saw a rat eating a seagull <laughs> well i was going to continue that by saying that i saw a crow eating a rat today. Ah, nice. <laughs> i was like nice. oh um also <laughs> when you said lab i was like I actually thought a science lab. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Um, was it the one that's above uh, on the corner? Interestingly, no. no. <laughs> so it was a, another lab 
photograph inc I'm, oh is that where it used to be it used to be on corn street it's moved like four times i don't know whether so. i'll leave this in or not but yeah. listen he is something else <laughs> <laughs> what h-dog <laughs> tell you Whatever he's selling, I'm buying. Well, no, because I can't afford it. But please, please leave it in and then I can cut this up and send it to him. Oh. Do you not think they listen? I think that, I won't say his name, but he's too concerned with experimental electronic music to be listening to a podcast about photography. So. I think they follow me on Instagram, though. No, they might be listening then. Someone in the lab will be listening. The science lab. <laughs> I'm so offended. <laughs> no, I, I think you know. I'm in. I'm in the industry of looking. Okay, that's what I say to people. Bloody hell! <laughs> PR spin. Um, you know what I was watching the other day? Go on. I have press record, uh, but I am going to have a piece of cheese. I, so safe. Do you remember Odd Future? Oh my god, I was an Odd Future stan. So I went to. It wasn't their first gig in London. It was their second gig in London. And we used to, yeah, we were, me and my mates were stands as well. Uh, and I watched a video of, like, one of their, I can't remember what it was called. Oldie, and it's Terry Richardson. Yeah, yeah. there we go. And I was just Bumping like, Bumping oldies up a minute. And that was yeah. pre, like, obviously mm, it's not pre-Terry yeah. Gate because it was in the middle of it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, Frank Ocean in that looks amazing. Mm. That was also pre-Frank going big. Do you remember it? what happened at the end of that video? It was the thing that we were all waiting for. L to appear? Yeah. Yeah, 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 where, yeah, yeah. And I literally, like, screamed the house down. Do you, do you know where he was? Yeah, at a boarding school in Hawaii. Yeah, he wasn't. No, it was, like, oh. free Earl, like he was yeah. in prison. Oh, like, I have pictures of me writing it on toilets in my lipstick. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was a stat. <laughs> he was just in school. He was just in a yeah. reasonably good school. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, like... All, everywhere I was drawing like upside down crosses I would do like this in pictures like yeah golf wang golf wang <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to find my people uh, <laughs> we're just yeah. the same age Laura yeah, yeah that's so true yeah I um, I still listen to all of those well mm. it's difficult some of it's difficult but then I think you know we're talking about people who have had redemption arcs mm. yeah that's yeah. all tricky sort of internalised homophobia and all of that sort of stuff Exactly, but they worked through it. You Do you know. like the internet? Oh, <laughs> I thought that was a broader question. Uh, the concept of so the internet. I do. I was mm. never a massive fanboy. Mellow um, hype? Yeah. Mellow yeah, hype. okay. Oh Great. my God, isn't this fun? Aren't we having fun? My orange juice was still the highlight, which mm. is the Tyler and Elle sweatshirt song. I really liked how We're they dangerously did... close to Kanye West right now. <laughs> we are. We're like tiptoeing. Isn't that, isn't that... Am I wrong in thinking... Oh, no, I'm on something else. That's how Brockhampton met, is they were on the Kanye West forum. I never became a Brockhampton girly. They were just a a boy band, but cooler, basically. But there is something interesting about where, like, rap sits in popular culture. Sorry, a rat just jumped out of the hedge. I think sort of Mike touched on this in his, which is, uh, you know... No one should... It's not a guilty pleasure to, like, you know... And and things serve their purpose. And not everything has to be King Kendrick to be appreciated. I'm not going to get any of Tiger's records on vinyl. Yeah. 
but it serves its purpose. And that's going to segue us beautifully onto football. <laughs> there is, just to go back to that, though, mm. there is something interesting because I think, and where, where, your, where your podcast is interesting, where you're interesting is you're at this point between popular culture mm. and Kendrick Lamar like it, he very much it, he situates himself within popular culture yeah. but it's it's work it's playing on something else it's playing on ideas it's playing on concepts it's yeah. trying to like elevate the work and in this mm. situation his work is rap music and storytelling so I am always caught between like I make work that I like to think is elevated but I'm very much drawn to things that are quite visceral and mm. um at their fundamental level they are the things that would make more pop songs like that yeah sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, so, yeah 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 like within my work i'm always interested in like that idea of like within that work it's all killer no filler it's like everything needs to be mm. like a hit and to mm. work to mm. really like sell that story um so i there's no right answer with that no and i think some people actually they they try and make pop music but they make great uh critical records that use concepts in that and they can't help yeah, themselves and yeah, vice versa. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And everything is a mark of its time and of what's happening currently. Yeah. Like the reason I wrote my MA thesis dissertation, whatever it was, on Nicki Minaj, which I did. Did you? Did you know that? Um was because at the very sort of fundamental, basic level of it, I'm on Rat Watch, by the way. That's why I'm looking over there. Oh, right. Um, is I wanted to make pictures that made me feel how I feel when I'm listening to Nicki Minaj's music, which is in equal parts sexually liberated and powerful and not taken advantage of. Yeah. But close to the edge and utilising my femininity and sexuality. Yeah, shame I could never make that work. But that, but, that, but <laughs> I don't know. You, no, you're no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. Yeah, like, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on my yeah, way. You're, you're an established artist. Actually. I'm actually an established artist. But yeah, I, I when I first thought about this podcast and I was thinking about initial references, and mm. I think it's so easy for all of us to point to music. Yeah. Because music is it is the art form of our generation. Yeah. We don't even need to think of it as art. It it's just part and parcel of everything we put it on when we go to the gym we put it on in our cars we like it's everywhere weirdly i'd like to know what you think about this i don't and it's because the reason i listen to podcasts and gardener's question time and all of these things is i find it very difficult to not emotionally connect with music so very often I can't decide what to put on because it has an effect on me mm-hmm. and also I like to listen to podcasts and stuff because I like to feel a part of something without without people actually requiring anything from me which is why I spoke about EastEnders in the first episode yeah. I love to be a part of something but I don't you know when I watch EastEnders I don't have to feel 100 yeah, I think as if we were to compare ourselves as mm. well, I think I, I'm i definitely in that category mm. quite a lot mm. and actually maybe even more so than you. Like, I think I find it hard to level up to conversations quite a bit. Mm. So mm. I feel exactly White the noise. same. Yeah. <sighs> I, I think it depends on the mood. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, podcasts, are, it's mad how they've grown in popularity. I remember listening to the original Ricky Gervais XFM show that was made into podcasts back in like the early 2000s. Christ. You're so and ahead of the curve. <laughs> oh, God, don't do that to me. But back then it was... XFM, it, what a throwback. Like that, that was the only thing I listened to, whereas now mm. it's you have five or six on the go at once, maybe. Yeah. And each of them responds to a different type of mood. It responds to if Liverpool are playing well, I'll listen to a podcast about how well they're playing. But if they're not, I was I don't actually trying to, to find a podcast about Liverpool. There's like fourteen thousand. Yeah, there's Redman TVs. Yeah, that was the one I was actually going to click on. Was this for research? Yeah, <laughs> but then I. What did you find out? Did um, you find out about the upturn in Curtis Jones's form? <sighs> Here's what I know about Liverpool. I know about the live bird. I know that I used to fancy Michael Owen. Yeah. yeah. That's gone wrong. <laughs> um, my, I, I have actually a couple of current crushes in the squad. Yeah. Can do you think you names? can get... Yeah, of course I can. Actually, um, do you know what? When you said that to me, when I used to work in the pub, it was really quite... I really hope my ex-boss... I mean, he can't do anything about this. I'm not sponsored by Fuller's anymore, but not that I ever was. Anyway, when it was really quiet, I used to work Monday nights, Monday yeah. night football, right? But it would be really quiet. And once, my friend challenged me to name all 20 le- uh, teams in the Premier League. Yeah. And I did it bar two. And then when he showed me their geographical locations, I got them. Right, okay. I think that's really good. That is impressive. Yeah, thank you. I I think I would even struggle to do that right now. Well, it's changed, hasn't it? It changes every year. Thank you, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so. I don't know how much research you've done. <laughs> well, I, did, for, sorry, from our previous conversation, did you not understand that I used to be a football fanatic? Yeah, yeah, I did. Just not Liverpool. Yeah. Anyway, who do you think I fancy in the current squad? Jordan? Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, of course. He's a daddy. Uh, who else? There's only Virgil? A, absolutely not. It's too tall. Alison? No, there's actually only one more. He's the opposite no. of tall. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Egyptian king. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't not. So there's a lady that used to come into that same pub. Shout out Elaine if you're listening. Um, she's coming all the time. She's a big Liverpool fan. Uh, but she's also a big Lewis Hamilton fan. And she's the person that when I left the pub bought me a, a photograph of Danny Rick as like a goodbye present. Right, okay. This isn't the life-size cutout. Uh, no, but the same people who work in that pub also got me that. Yeah, nice. Um, I am going to apply for press pass to Silverstone. That's good to know. Yeah. However, I did say a couple of episodes ago that I wasn't going to do that until I got David Campany on. And I did I did DM David Campany and he liked my message, but that's as far as I've got. He just liked the message and left it? I think he might have left me on red, yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. Do you have any personal connections to him? He once liked one of my pictures, but I think that's as far as it goes. I think it was Campany. It was one of the big rivals. I think it was Campany. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was one of the big writers. One of the big hitters. We should probably talk about why you wanted... Because the football thing is, you know I'm into football. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. To... So I'm interested because I think that the, the strength of this and the... The strength of the style of this conversation is also its downfall, which is it becomes so casual. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what, like, what the fuck to? is this shit? Um, to hear about what goes on 
or shapes people's lives outside the norm. Mm. And I think that I actually had a tu- like a sort of tutorial with the student the other day where he was basically saying that he finds it really difficult to balance his life between being with us and being super arty and then like playing football on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And and I th- and I agree and you know it's almost become my calling card that I like EastEnders and I think mm. it's because it's outside of the norm because it's not Susan Sontag you know and yeah. and I think that's interesting and and football I think it has a really complicated relationship with mainstream culture and it's the best and the worst of society. But when it's when it's the best, you know, everyone remembers, you know, 2018 summer with the Euros. It was the Euros, I think. And it was hot and England were doing well and everyone was happy, you know. Yeah. And it is... Do you know do you know Toby Carvery Princess? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My best friend. Well, I wish she was my best friend. Um she talks about football and collective joy. Yeah. And that is it. It's something that people can share. Like both of our eyes lit up when we talked about odd future. Yeah. It's it's a it's that sort of connection, isn't it? And and I think football's really nostalgic as well. So I the way I feel about it is... I hope you're just going to scrap that and be like, I just like kicking a wall around. <laughs> the art of football. <laughs> no, it, it's it's a feeling of belonging. It's yeah. like a... It, it, there's people that respond to it that aren't necessarily always in the circles that we move in. Yeah. And I actually really feel for students that think they have to section off areas of their personality to be an artist. It's the yeah. most bullshit thing mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. our society our society our institutions is that actually like they're seen as these like liberal arts where art is only for a certain yeah and then they're not tolerant to so much yeah Yeah. there should be right-wing artists out there there should be left-wing artists out there like it's it's a democracy within that kind of sphere and it's weird that it, it people change who they are based on that and i actually think it's what's determined like the type of people we go on to be Mm. like if you're interested in sport you feel less able to do art especially so this is where liverpool is a really interesting place Mm. because it's actually quite separate to a lot of the uk this is not why i'm a fan i'm a fan because i was since i was young but like there's something about liverpool that's the football club is ingrained within that city and you're less there's less of this like compartments you have to fit in but everywhere else football is seen as something that wouldn't be akin to making mm. art mm. and it's it, it it doesn't work like that like that's not how life is like mm. everyone this idea of like being a creative as well it's the most stupid phrase everyone has creativity within them mm. so the idea of being one or not doesn't make sense so i I don't like these almost like linear graphs that appear based on who you are, your background and whether you should do a thing or not. Yeah. Like that's not how it works. And I guess that's the fundamental basis behind like the book I just made as well, which yeah. is about the notion of like if you end up within a situation where you are criminalized, you go to prison. Yeah. You end up at a point then potentially where 10%, 20% of the people who do that are then institutionalized and then pushed mm. to be in a situation repeatedly that like mm, mm, confirms mm. that position. But actually we all start from like a similar sort of point. And yeah. it's these like like we were talking about with those um 
and when we're talking about being photographers and having like a path but also having environmental factors yeah like it guides you in that direction so to circle back onto football I, w- I was it really, really frustrates me that it's like it is this thing that is seems wrong for an artist to like because yeah. actually i think the first time i understood like mediums and how they work and by that i mean different forms so like the podcast versus the photo book versus Nicki minaj mm. like was when an art teacher when i lived in scotland said to me that he would watch the football but he would silence it and he would turn on the radio commentary because the radio commentary was more descriptive than the TV commentary. That has stuck to... Like, that, he told me that when I was about nine That's or ten. That's so interesting. So to, it's kind of obvious when you hear it now. Yeah. But when you're young and it, like, it, someone says that to you, that's quite like there's a lot of thought that goes into the making those choices which are strange choices they're like it's a strange thing to do and if someone did that and you were young you'd be like what the hell are you doing but that like things like that are quite decisive moments in like someone's life and I think to me it made me think about okay so these are these are different mediums like you understand like that this podcast works because we're not just talking about like visual thing. Well, we are. It's a photography podcast. Well, that's just failing. But, <laughs> no, but like, we, it's yeah, also it's the successful thing about it. Yeah, we're talking it's about behind the curtain and behind the curtain. We're talking about the trails of creativity that go into a visual yeah. media. We're actually not so. just yeah talking about photos. So yeah, but yeah, I think those I, yeah, I th- I think it's yeah. There's a lot of things that came into my mind when you were saying that. One thing that I thought of and it really stuck in my mind, was when I joined the MA, I was very, very conscious of myself, as I've spoken about before. And something that really stuck in my head was we went on a trip to Amsterdam on the coach, and on the way home, we were slightly delayed, and Jim leaned forward to watch the football match with the coach driver while we were while we were stuck. And... In my life, that's a really normal thing because, you know, the people that I that like football in my family, tran, you know, that everybody has different jobs and socioeconomic status, and there's a real mixed bag of people in the highs and lows. Um, but I can imagine that for other people, that would have been something quite interesting to witness. Yeah, and I, it in it definitely is. It's outside of the norm, and I think that suggests the norm is maybe mm. something that should be addressed. This has yeah. taken a sinister turn. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. Do you but think I it's d- because there's a chill in the air? It might be that there's a chill in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I d- I yeah. Uh, it's something I do feel strongly about though. Is that it just seems a shame that there is. There's a lack of like democratic voices within that sphere. And yeah, I actually it's interesting because I I fit quite well within it. Like, yeah. I think I'm quite lucky in that a lot of my viewpoints they can be mm. like tolerated and accepted, and they're part of that. Yeah. But yeah, like it's there's no reason why like a student studying should feel like that's separate. They should embody it. They should yeah. use it. It should be like part of their but process. But then it's like, the, it's the confidence of having those things and owning that but also there's you know when you were sort of talking about the the traditional sort of molds of photographers xyz 
There is that sort of thing, isn't there? Like, I, I don't know, a lot of the time I think maybe I'd have an easier time with my brain if I just didn't get involved in things that weren't any of my business. And maybe I was saying stuff, I don't know if you've listened to it, where I'm talking about Photo London. I was positive about it because I really enjoyed the experience. But it's really difficult for me to not talk about things that I think were wrong or that I noticed. Yeah. But, do you know, wouldn't life be fucking easy if I didn't talk about those things? And not not saying that, you know, I'm I'm held up and put and burnt at the stake. I'm not saying that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. internally for me. But it's, it's all stuff that goes on in your head. Like, mm. a large reason anxiety exists is from trying to, like... Put everything you talk about into a corridor that's like acceptable within yeah. thinking yeah, about yeah, who's yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can imagine that. Constantly on tough. the back foot. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's good to be honest, but it's also I think good to temper your honesty and to be aware of the people you're speaking to. And yeah. I think people understand that, and it's accepted. Yeah. Like I did listen to that podcast, and I thought you did it really well. And like, oh Jesus you Christ, thanks. <laughs> You you mentioned things. You talked about things you liked, things you mm. weren't so sure on. Mm. Like, mm. I think the seeing things as they quid. are, we most of us do see things. Not most, a good proportion of us see things as they are, yeah. and like something like that, it's there's there's a million and one things that are good about it, and a million and one things that are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is my classic. Like I do sit on the fence, mm. and that's often seen as like a bad thing. But I think it's quite nice to try and see things as they are. Well, I don't know if you sit on the fence. I don't think that's the right word because sitting on the fence implies a cowardly nature. And I don't think there is that. It's, it's this, it's ability to hear things from different sides. And, you know, I have a melting pot of upbringing and so do you. And, there are reasons that people in my family feel the way that they do for certain reasons that I can't appreciate because there are people in my family in the same generation as me who don't have a fucking pot to piss in and I'm going to the south of France in, in the summer for three weeks courtesy of my grandparents. So, do you know what I mean? And And so I can't sit and be like, oh, yeah, Rothko, you know, blah, 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 without a certain awareness of, you know, I don't know. But then yeah. but then there's nothing to say that those people aren't being Rothko fans. I think I learned this just as a child through, like, intuition, through, like, moving into new places and mm. just knowing I was always the person who was slightly well, this is a sob story but I love this but yeah yeah thanks for the therapy shall I put um, um, what music would you like over the top of this um, something really upbeat to like counter the <laughs> I was gonna do you remember <laughs> I stopped you because <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> do you remember Great when Pharrell song. was N.E.R.D. and not yeah of course. Yeah. that was the, the days did you not did you not like N.E.R.D. Excuse me, I threw my knickers on stage at Pharrell at the Around House. There we go. They were clean. They had my number on the back of them, and they were from Tesco. Okay. Right. Please continue with that really beautiful th sentiment that you were going to say. <laughs> I don't know if I can. That um, you were different. Because you moved well, around a lot, so you had a lot of boxes to fit in consistently. So, yeah, and I think that's where my like preoccupation with 
learning about other people comes from is yeah. that I would how many times did I move one two three if it was just one three times uh, up until like the age of 14 and then yeah so three times and it was each time was quite like a different place I guess the big jump was from like England to Scotland yeah and it was always learning to fit in but always not being like naturally like the person who sits within that space Mm. but it also gives you like this interesting viewpoint of you feel like you learn a confidence of getting on with different people yeah you learn a respect for people who are different have different views and you also gain this like yearning or interest to do that again and repeatedly and but that's then why also, you've made this book well that's why I make work I don't think the book the book is a byproduct that I how do I say this I can't wait the, to be the, so established that my book is a byproduct the book is a byproduct that I don't want to just keep making work and not actually show it Yes, that's the best yes, way yes, to put yes, it yes, 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 so yes, the actual yes. making okay. of photos comes from a different place it comes from like a an excuse to make pictures in places like at the moment well like the places I make work are, they tend to be places you wouldn't typically just walk into so this this mm. work is kind of different in the, a lot of the pictures I could make in lots of spaces that I can walk into yeah. but my other work which is like working on navy ships when they're mm-hmm. abroad working within like this tannery in bristol that yes. like, typically people don't go into like future ideas of like i was speaking to a friend who's currently in the police and that's maybe like a follow-on from this work as well okay. so like places that i don't belong to but i want to understand and i want to understand with respect but also like a discerning eye that is not just about showing things nicely like it, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like understanding what it is and what those people have to deal with and whether it's right or wrong i'm not giving those answers i'm just it's just photography at the end of the day it's just showing yeah, pictures yeah. of the places it's just and what photography happens. at the end of the day yeah but it's an excuse to see it and to understand it like this is where i don't think i'll ever be a great orator of situations because i don't think I, I i think i understand different points of view too much like i think i understand this side and this side yeah for the listener that's two different sides um but like i i listen to both sides and then i try and make something that allows people to respond to it in their own way yeah but that's that i genuinely that's all you can do because at the end of the day you present a piece of work that is highly politicized one direction or the other typically people with views will read that in the way they want to read it whether you politicize it or whether you approach it in like a neutral fashion so so we've gone from my interest in being in different spaces to the political nature of like yeah i think it's because the different works that i'm doing at the moment the the two or three that i'm working on are like the military prison and the police kind of contentious in a way okay but then also spaces that maybe i just want an excuse to get into so my own interests so like things related to rewilding and field like amfield so i should tell you about what i wanted to do my third year of my being oh my god you should Um, i wasn't allowed to do it why because they didn't want us to go abroad and they were right in saying to anfield no 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 so my i wanted to go to it's a it's a good sum up actually so I wanted to go to Brazil when the World Cup was in Brazil and I wanted to photograph the fact that all of the people who were classified as either gangsters or drug dealers or um, like 
uns- unsavory characters, yeah, in their opinion, uh, but ultimately ones who aren't like criminalized, who yeah. aren't put within that system. But they basically moved the vast majority of those people into makeshift prisons in the jungle. Um, during the World Cup. During the World Cup. So it, it wasn't just in the jungle. That's a bit of a dramatization. So it was um, some of them were in the jungle, but some of them were in other places. But they moved them out so that they could have like a peaceful World Cup. Oh so I wanted to go to both see the football, but to photograph this. <laughs> so the football and put it on expenses. Um, so it was like the dream, like the perfect oh my like God. Newport Doc Fot project. But also you're studying and like as a tutor now, I kind of understand this that like, I wasn't ready for it. Like, yeah. Like, I don't even think I was ready for some of the work that I have made since then. It's, yeah. So, like... That's you, so interesting. Do you know about what's happening in El Salvador at the moment? Which thing? Oh, I don't know how many things are in there at the moment. Uh, the mega prisons. I actually don't, no. They've literally got everyone who's bad in their eyes and just bang them in, like, a one-room prison. And they're literally back to back, like like this, handcuffed, like to the floor. Like the maddest fucking shit. When my dad told me, I was like, nah, I don't think so. And he was like, well, here are the images. Fucking hell. Mad. But apparently, like, they don't give a shit now. Yeah, I mean, there is. But isn't, do you know what's so crazy? And this touches maybe on what you, you're thinking is that, oh, my dad's so nice. Is <laughs> my mum has stopped watching BBC News, right? And she's stopped watching now Sky News. She loves Al Jazeera News. Uh, you wouldn't know because you don't have a television. I, I know. Okay. I know. And also France 24 or something like that. And when she was showing it to me, because I was like, oh, why don't you just watch BBC News? She was like showing me all of the stories that were up. And she was like, look at this, Laura. There's a life outside Westminster. Can you believe it? Look, Ethiopia, Sudan, Canada. Look at all these places that we don't hear about because we're stuck in this completely, you know, UK-centric Westminster bubble. And to keep us, what, distracted? I don't know. It's partially that, I think. So, but Weirdly, my parents are similar, though with slightly different selections. But yeah, like Al Jazeera, like international, because mm. obviously they have different sections. They are mm. a fairly centralist yeah. like, reporter of news, mm. and they report everything quite flatly, so they try and judge the whole world on this like level. Yeah, BBC is not in that boat. Um, I just again, it comes down to the fact that I know the presenters. So Which I like them. Are your favourite? Nagamang Chetty. Okay, classic. Because I love what she wears. I noticed she was on the highest paid um, people list. Yeah, no shit. Her outfits are about 500 quid a pop. <laughs> she looks fucking great every think, morning. Do you think she's expensing it on the BBC? Every time, every time I'm getting dressed for work, I see what she's wearing and I'm like, come on, bitch, level it up. And that's why I look so good at work. Do you, do you like consistently and repeatedly buy new clothes? Like, where are you at with clothes? Because I'm quite, like, a modular, like, I buy stuff and I really try and not add to I know that of you. Yeah. Um, I think on, on first glance, you would think, yes, that I am, right? Hold on, hear me out on note this. To the, note to the audience, Laura just turned the mic very close to her face, ready to... I don't want this to be misconstrued. Spit bars about clothes. Um, <laughs> I buy a lot of second-hand clothes. 
Yeah. I shop a lot from charity shops and I shop a lot from whatever you want to, what the gentrified term is for a second-hand shop, a thrift shop, thrift. you know, where nobody's actually benefiting yeah. from it, but whatever. Oh, no, someone is. Hey, someone is, and they're just going to set up a fucking artisan coffee shop around the corner of the profits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it might be a community-engaged space, though. So. <laughs> so, yes, I am a... I have... What I would describe, as most people would say they have wardrobes, I would describe I have an archive... I have clothes that I bought when I was 15 that I still wear. I have a phenomenally large shoe collection and bags. But some of these bags are from the 1940s, 50s. Like, I have so much fucking stuff. I'm intrigued to see it. I definitely don't fit into the Trivium t-shirts I used to wear when I was 15. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much. But... I've never really had... You think it's difficult not having a photography identity. I don't really have a clothing identity. I look like a, a different character every day. Yeah. Sometimes I dress like a boy. Yeah, yeah. I and sometimes I dress like... My dad once described my shoes as follow me, fuck me shoes. But that's only a selection of your shoes. I'm yeah. sure you have a selection that don't fit into Yeah, like the Vans I'm wearing right now that are for 15-year-old boys. Yeah, that... Yeah. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to play different. Uh, but I'm really interested in that because there's a there's a photography uniform. There is. Yeah. There is. I sit just within it, I think. Yeah, I sit out of it. Yeah. But I don't sit out of it enough to look like the collectors at Photo London. I... I have a habit of somehow avoiding them even though I probably should not. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but I'm like... Can someone have a photo event where I can actually fucking dress up? You you did say that. I listened to your podcast the other day. Yeah. It was on the recent one. Yeah. Do you, you know could, why? You I could can never wear heels because I'm always fucking standing around talking shit. So I might actually <gasps> one-off. Wait, hold on. Breaking I might news. wear a slightly different outfit for if I do a book launch or something. I might dress up. Oh I might God. take that as an occasion to dress up. Oh my God, up. please. So you could do the same. Oh my God, want. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Would you mind just having some seats there so I could wear heels? Yeah. That'd be great. I'll bring a stool. A st- stool sample. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of party. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be amazing. Odd future and stool samples. Oh, my God. I think I've just found the episode title. <laughs> We're actually getting to it now, are we? We really are. Have you ever read that? I haven't read any of these. Do you read many novels or like? I do. Yeah. But, uh, I do, but I think I tend. To, sorry, I'm actually just going to come near the microphone. <laughs> it's such a fucking carry on, isn't it? <laughs> um, I do, but I actually read to escape, not to sort of have life-changing moments. Yeah. That's for TikTok. So. I think you can do that. I think you can read to escape and it can influence you. Okay. In the same way that watching a football match is still important. Oh my God. It's not just frivolous. So, like, but that's, yeah, I mean, I also read trash, so it's kind of hard to... Can I just say that that one of the books that you've presented, I I googled it. Actually, it's both of them. I put them in together. And it came up with a Reddit thread that said... Um, a book for a deeply unhappy, depressed person? Question mark. 
For both. Both books rolled into one. And then it says that the Narcissus one is very incredibly uh, underrated, but then it mentions the bell jar later. Um, so t- I, I don't know about what the rating because okay, Herman Hess is a writer that so I've got Narcissus and Goldman by Herman Hess and Blowitz by Maggie Nelson I chose them both because they are the two books that instantly came to mind when I was trying to think about reading and how important reading has been to me in terms of a way of it's not even knowledge just like reading the world and understanding it and then like exuding that somehow through an art form so Narcissus and Goldman, most Herman Hesse novels are these, like, roaming, male, psyche-dominated, like, all about ego and philosophical and spiritual, and they roll a lot into one, but into a story that is palatable and understandable outside of thinking about it philosophically. So Narcissus and Goldman is about these two characters, one of which is more of an academic, more of a... Um, following life in a straight manner and one of them is about someone who kind of follows the road less travelled and maybe is more about a creative, about someone who deals with experience over academia. So Herman Hesse's novels tend to, they deal with this idea of academia versus experience and it's like a torment for him I feel Mm. I also got like D in English so I I am not (laughs) I'm not someone to dissect novels Um, but I only really got into reading really like reading this sort of novel when I was a bit older I always read Harry Potter and series of unfortunate events and stuff like that what you would say is this kind of novel Um, basically as soon as I finished uni okay so I was reading some stuff over uni and I was reading typically things we were supposed to read I was reading um, whatever Robert Adams John Berger, Susan Sontag, you know, you the know, classics. The classos. Um, but then I realised I wanted to delve into other stuff. And Herman Hesse is, if I had to be, name a writer that is my favourite writer, it would be somewhere between him and maybe Max Porter, like a contemporary writer. Okay. But I don't like doing favourites, so I probably shouldn't have said that. But then very, very near that as well is Maggie Nelson. So Maggie Nelson's book Bluets is a... It's not semi-autobiographical. It is autobiographical about her interest in the colour blue, but how the colour blue intersects with her life emotionally as a woman, in her sex life, in everything, in her day-to-day. And she talks about having correspondence of blue and like these people that talk to her about various items that are blue. And it's the most beautiful like engagement with the concept of a thing and the thing is a colour blue mm. so it's talking about stones that are color the, the colour blue it's talking about emotions that are the colour blue it, 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 it covers it all but it covers it through a range of different styles of writing through like prose through almost like poetry at times but I don't love poetry so mm. it's not really poetry it's like it's a lyrical kind of form of writing and it's it's so contained as well. I think I like stuff that isn't like you can see how small that text is oh, it's wow. like really contained and it's yeah. quite a small book the, the paper's quite thick, so... I love actually, that you're talking about the pages of the book. So, I mean, that's important, isn't it? Well, it is important. It might not be to everybody. Um, but, yeah, it's this is easily one of my favourite books. So, like, Herman Hesse I love because there's seven or eight books that I've enjoyed all of them. Mm. Um, Maggie Nelson, I've only read two of her books, and but this blew its 
would be one of my favorites of all time like it just engages with ideas in a way that i wish more photography could approach in like a sense of not needing to over explain or tell us mm. a thing it just engages with the idea of the thing and then we have to read it ourselves yeah so that's why i love that book is it's conceptual photography done well Interesting. in writing wow okay yeah um I'm probably wrong, but I, that's what I like about it. What did you read at school? Good question. I don't remember much before I was like eight or nine. Like, in terms of everything? I remember stuff, but yeah, in general, I don't remember that much. Yeah, like people talk about kids' TV shows, but I don't remember much. I don't know if it's because I was moving around, so there was like a lot of new stuff to take in. That's or... incredible. I've, it, it does seem not as common, but there are people I've spoken to that are the same. That's like between the ages of like seven... And 10 is when their memory really started to start forming. What else have we got? The alphabet of creation. Um, I love how, as we get towards the end of the podcast, you're so business. <laughs> you're really, like, <laughs> getting through it. Do you want me to be business? <laughs> we spent no, a I'm couple of hours much... talking about right, no, Jürgen. No, no. and no, now. let's talk about something else. I want to look at pictures. <laughs> you want to look at pictures? Well, I don't know. I want you to tell me what you want to talk about. But I think you're concerned that you've got too many things here. So, like, I think referencing... Like maybe just talking about the idea of references is tough. And I'd we can like, talk about that through what like, like what we've got. I'd like to talk about the fact that you are sort of regimented and you do have like quite a, you know, a phenomenal structure to certain things. And you still couldn't just do the simple task of narrowing it down to three things. I don't think I am structured. I think that's where you maybe get me wrong a little bit. <gasps> So not I think you're well. You're structured enough to not want to do a fake ad. I didn't say. I never said I didn't want to you do. You said one. I don't want to do an ad. No, you, you misread that. I was like, I don't know what I would do had, if we were to do it. And you said, don't worry, I'll I'll sort that. Oh, and you sorted no, no, it by no. just not no, doing no, it. No, 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 no. I want to do it. Do you want to do you want to do a real ad for your book? Um, no, because we could, but it fun. wouldn't be funny. No, it, wouldn't it would be just funny. be very serious. Just buy the book. Right, we've done that now. I've got that. So, I definitely have an element of being regimented. Like my my dad was in the army. Um, my my parents are very ordered with how they kind of deal with things, and I definitely have inherited some of that. Mm. Um, but I'm also a bit of a mess. Yeah. So I think I'm not regimented I was so much you were as I say have. Free spirit. I have like a rigor to doing things. Yeah. So like I. I don't need perfect order in my life, but mm. when I do a thing, I will do it consistently and repeatedly. So that's why the printing happens at, U, at UE when I'm printing yeah. there. So, like, I am willing to spend thousands of hours of my life in the mm. dark room doing mm. that for eight hours at a time in the dark room because I have something in my brain that allows me to commit to it. Yeah. Um, which is for better or for worse just what I do it's outstanding it is but it, uh, if I'd use that time to actually make money I'd be in a much better situation <laughs> listen um, we're sat in the garden there's two apple trees there is but I'm renting and yeah, I have yeah, no yeah, money fair. So. yeah fair fair fair, 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 fair. <laughs> you're an established uh, artist and you do have a book yes exactly which I'm very thankful for um, and proud of and in- and incredibly proud of yeah, yeah good I think. so you should be it's probably good to talk about that. So, like, the the rigour in, like, making, like, I definitely... I don't know if I'm an established art artist as such. Like, I think I would like to become an established artist, but I'm 
I'm an established maker. Like I make pictures and mm. I print them and I work on them and I produce them. And I genuinely think that a large area of my interest in photography is in the production of it. So like I worked between finishing my BA and starting my MA, I worked in a lab in Bristol. I worked there and it kind of operates as this like semi-professional lab and they, during my time there, I got to work with like lots of great people. So like that's how I first met a Mac, um, oh, yeah. Mac Moodian, who works teaching at Bristol. Um, I met Jess of Fairbrother. I met so many people like Mark Wilson, lots of local photographers. I rate the fact that the two people you mentioned first were women. It's yeah, so un- so be- unheard of, <laughs> you know, to start there. <laughs> they well, they they were the better um, artists, yeah. I would say. There were also people who maybe aren't uh, quite as well known as them, but are fantastic photographers as well. Like there's someone I know called Stephen Dowie, who's like a local documentary photographer who um, really committed to his art. Like lots of lots of people. It's hard to. I'm trying yeah. to name them all, but I'm not going to. Everybody so, that you didn't mention, you hate. Yeah, basically they're all dickheads. Um, so. I did that and then I realised my interest in production because I realised what we were doing and what we could do for people, also what we couldn't do for people and it made me really care about making. And actually the the only reason I ended up on the MA is because I had just spent a period of time making a body of work, so I'd spent um, between four and five weeks um, work making colour pictures on film on this Navy ship and I wanted to print them in the darkroom. So I'd done lots of black and white work up to that point, mm-hmm. but that, that was the first moment where I was like, I'm going to shoot colour. Like, it was this crazy new thing that Revelation. Been around. I'd love to be the kind of Martin Pars and the Paul Reeses who like were in that colour movement, and it was like a revelation, but actually at the time that made sense, whereas I yeah. had it in my mid-20s Listen, when digital photography had been invented. Fashionably late. Um, but it was like a good moment because I kind of learned my craft through black and white. I learned how to print and then I was like, I want to print. Yeah. And there's nowhere. There was nowhere at the time. Um, and so I went to this place called Black and White, which repairs cameras. And they were just like, oh, well, you should speak to Frank at UWE. Um Frank, who was the amazing um, technician who ran um, the UE kind of photography department. Yeah, sorry. He still so. works. He's not dead. Um, yeah, he does. <laughs> no, no, he still works there, but he's not within the, no. like, the main section now. I was going to say I saw him last week. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't make it sound like that. Sorry, Frank. Um, uh, and basically I got pointed towards them and that was the prime reason why I went to speak to Aaron is because I wanted a space to like make. So... I started working on that process, but actually through forcing me to do the masters, it kind of made me push the other side of my practice as well, which I I definitely was almost ready for. Mm. Um, And it made me produce the work. And ever since doing that and making that quite bold, big choice, I would say, to leave my job, to rack up a bit of credit card debt, which I paid off through some various awards and then getting random jobs and working in bars and all this sort of stuff. Um, I managed to find out that actually I love producing photography physically. Um, And I was lucky enough to get a grant, which is through Quest, which is a a craft scholarship. So it's for, it was, the judging panel for that was crazy. So one of the people in the room was the crown jeweler. What? The guy who like looks after the crown jewels. And he was judging my... (laughs) 
prints <laughs> so and little bad. photo books. I love that for him. Um, all he has to do is polish some gold. It's fine. I was going to um, say, what, <laughs> what a day in the life looks like for him. I mean, it's probably quite easygoing, isn't it? Probably just TikToks and that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, almost definitely. Um, but yeah, I was I was lucky enough to get a few leg ups in terms of like applying for money to get it to help fund me through my MA because that would have been really hard otherwise. Yeah. But I I kept going with the printing and actually that's what has come to really inform this book that we've just made that we're going to circle back on. I love the fact that you say Um, we just made like I was a part of it. um, Well, I say we. (laughs) I was referring to the people involved, but nice to know that you're part of it. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't seem like credit in the back. Um, No, I feel like by naming the people in we now, I'm being horrible to you. No, by we, I mean um, me and Tom... Tom Booth Woodger and Martin Amis who published it with photo editions mm-hmm. um, and also Ufuk and Mass Matba who printed it like I think that's the we I refer to they're the only the only people who are involved in the production of it obviously there was a lot in terms of the pictures and that. Yeah. lots of people to name yeah. that. I can't possibly name them all but the production of it was so important because it was about these kind of these images that were printed in the darkroom and looked a certain way and that was their strength like mm. uh, for everyone you can probably hear Wolf barking yeah in I was the thinking he might bark for the next 20 minutes no. he's a lovely dog he seems quite quiet like a lurch of Bedlington Cross I love Bedlingtons I think they look like the clones in the Clone Wars you're actually that's the craziest link I've yeah, ever thank heard you. But I'm nice. right aren't I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. bang on um, that's what they pay me for. <laughs> <laughs> Jim said that I talk in quantum leaps. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's called definitely. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's diagnosed, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Right? <laughs> Jim's got a lot of, air, of airtime today. Do you know what? I, I, I think Yui in general needs to give me some cash. <laughs> For the amount of work that I... This is an international podcast platform. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, no, I think they should. I think they should. Yeah, you've got my backing. Thank you. Not that I... It counts for anything. Maybe we can ask the the, the crown jewel bloke. Sorry, I'll just kick you. I mean, if you can... If you can put forward podcasting as being a master craft person, then, yeah, I reckon so. I can't fully remember my point, but more just that like there was a lot of effort into yeah, the, producing the, the, it as the prints were. Yeah. Like as a body of work, it's never been about telling people what the story is. So we should finally give some context to it. Yeah. So the book itself is called Folly, and as a book, the pictures in it are from a series of conversations I had with people who'd spent um, large portions of time often in prison incarcerated um often for multiple times as well um and then there's pictures between those portraits and those kind of settings that are also kind of informed that by the conversations to die for oh, when i one. say that one i'm gonna say a, a crown of thorns but made from barbed wire yeah people will know what you mean i've got the barbed wire upstairs if you want to have you yeah um so sorry can I just throw a reference in there yeah, yeah, yeah. do you remember when uh, it was only last year so you should when Kendrick Lamar wore that crown of yeah, thorns yeah, yeah, the yeah. Tiffany one yeah. and then it made his head bleed amazing Carry so on. Kendrick Lamar is also a very good reference so his 
um, storytelling, his rapping is based on taking ideas from like his hood. It's like it's not necessarily yeah. stories that he has experienced. It's stories that he is like encapsulated from the people around him that he knows and he's reparceled them as these songs mm. so like that's <coughs> partially what happened with this book is that mm. i wanted to go into prison and make a work much like i had done with the, the military with the navy where i was there and present and photographing the things as they were happening but actually you don't get access like that to prisons as i learned but as I was trying to get that access, I would meet up with these people and it was while I was on my MA, so I had to produce something. So occasionally I would ask if I could take their picture. Um, if they were willing to let me take their picture, I would. If they were willing to let me record the conversations, I would. If not, I would make notes. And so I did this. But whilst I was doing this, I was also making I make pictures quite a lot. And I actually made pictures a hell of a lot at the time. And I was making these pictures that were suddenly like being informed by all these conversations. And sometimes it was really obvious, but more often than not, it was more informed by an idea or a emotion or a feeling or my response to the situation they'd been in. Um, and so it became this kind of emotional response to learning about what they'd been through and what it kind of put forward in my own mind, which is like uh, definitely not an... Un an understanding of what they'd been through because I don't mm. think I could ever claim that but it was mm. more an understanding of like spirituality discipline how we all need it in differing levels and what is important to me so that's yeah. why there's lots of like naturalistic photos there's yeah. lots of things relating to the wild there's lots of things relating to the British landscape there's like an intense weight to the landscapes I think mm. I don't know for sure but like I tried to well I didn't try to create it I think it, it kind of appeared along the way of like this depth of like history which is also synonymous with like a person's history and what they go through and mm. it, it's so hard to like explain this book because I don't think I don't even think if I had a three-hour lecture I could do it justice because it's it's about feeling and feeling can't be explained it can only yeah. be experienced and that's where experiential like work is important and like speaking to people and spending time with them rather than just mm. like being an observer and jumping in, jumping out of a situation. Yeah. I was just thinking about in Dan's episode when we're talking about Edward Gorey, if you heard that one. Yeah. And he's yeah. talking about how Edward Gorey didn't travel because he said that all he needed was a window. And there's something about that sort of... Because pictures effectively look like windows, don't they? Yeah. yeah. There's definitely, you know, and there's this sort of, that, yeah. yeah, like this, this like permission to come and be in a part of something or involved in something, and it doesn't have to be in like a celebratory way or or anything, but it's just about engaging with something that's happening in that moment or engaging with, you know, something. Yeah, I think it's a problematic work. Like, I'm definitely not averse to that idea. Like, I. I, don't I It's know, interesting. Yeah. This is like this is the first book that I've published. Um. And I think it is slightly problematic in that it is dealing with other people's stories. And that's why I was so... But it's not opportunistic. Well, that's why I was so desperate to not put those stories in. Yeah. Like, I was so desperate to, like, frame it exactly as what the pictures are. The yeah. pictures are a response to an idea and people can take that as it is. Yeah. I think as soon as I was putting stories in... So there's this fantastic book... Um, that is a compilation of interviews by a guy called Tony Parker, which um, I was actually pointed towards by a really good photographer called John Spinks. 
and it was called Criminal Conversations and Tony Parker's quite a famous um, kind of say interrogator but it's definitely not the word it, like a conversationist who okay. speaks to people and um, he was famous within this field for getting things out of people and getting almost getting them on side and getting to talk about things and recording those conversations so if you've seen Making a Murderer it's akin to that I but with, with every level of person who has had to experience prison yeah. or been criminalised somehow yeah um, and actually I got put onto it after I'd met the majority of the people that I'd met in this mm. um, and I read it and I was just like why would I attempt to create a sociological study when A I'm not trained in that yeah. and B I'm not I'm, I'm not an expert in that I don't feel ready it's to I've not your experienced business, it basically. and this is where like the kind of name of it comes from is it's this like folly and it's not a folly of theirs although they might see it in that way they might actually be able to explain that themselves that's not what I'm saying I'm saying it's kind of a folly of my own to try and understand mm. an experience that I couldn't possibly understand and yeah it's also linked. listen life is long you yeah. may well experience it I could I might maybe you will yeah. but I think that you're also through the design of the book and through all of it there's nothing about it that you're defining these people by things that have happened to them. Yeah. Which I think is, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, yeah, partially the point in like how yeah. the sequence works. You, you're supposed to not really know anything other than the feeling until you read the end. And then it kind of frames it a little bit. Um, that's not, the not idea. Not dissimilar to John Spinks's book that he just made with Lee. Yeah, not not dissimilar. Not dissimilar. To that work in a way. Um, I really loved that book, and then I got to the end and I had to sit down. Oh really? I didn't know about that. How was that like the one news story that I maybe missed in the last twenty five years? Oh right, really? Yeah. You're the same age, so I thought you might. I know all of this sort of. Maybe I had a lot going on in my life at that point. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I love it. That's good. This book, <laughs> this book, I mean, this book I love, yeah. No, no, I love... Uh, you love it too. And I am very happy with this book. And I think, yeah, there's elements, to go back to the production, like, the the work was made, and it has been made for quite, I say quite a long time, like a good few years. Um, so to me, the most prescient thing is, like, what we've done in the last year. So that's the work me and Tom have put into, like, producing it, to, like, it's all done from the, the prints themselves, so it's scanned from handprints in the dark room we mm. didn't have a huge amount of help with that we just kind of worked on that ourselves and the writing was done in the past year as well um, it's this kind of approach to the various conversations it's like semi-fictionalized from like multiple conversations um, it's like printed amazingly it's beautiful yeah, yeah. We're, we're very happy with it and we that's the royal we the royal we but it is a we like there yeah, is no, like the is work is the work is mine yeah. undoubtedly yeah. but it is also shared amongst the people who've had a part to play in it yeah. and like the work itself had lots of people deciding obviously did the masters at mm. ue so like there was people helping throughout that whole process obviously aaron and angus were there the whole time um the people around me but the, the actual making of it was like it was very much a collaboration between me and tom we like we built it from scratch like we made the cover from scratch ourselves we like 
we used this pen to create the design. We Oscar made a typeface from scratch with a pen and A4 pieces of paper. Yeah. We like we wanted it to be this like like I kind of despite the kind of melancholy and the seriousness of the subject, I wanted the process of making it to at least be this kind of yeah, fun sounds not like the best word, but I wanted it to be a fun process and an yeah. engaging process and one yeah. that actually we're like part of that process rather than just I choose a typeface. We choose mm. a name that goes on the cover. Like we wanted to make it, we wanted to feel like it was it was all working and syncing up together. Yeah. Um and then yeah, Tom's fantastic on like production, so he managed to do some great things, um and we had help from Ufuk and the printing house on it, so What's next? Um, so the the picture making never stops no. in a way. So like like I said, the book is a the byproduct. grind never stops. Yeah. So like I I'm still producing the the ship work as well. So oh, that yeah. I'm reprinting you now. Said the ship work. I, everyone always thinks that. <laughs> I should just call it by its name, but I'm not set on its name yet. Oh really? Well, it was called Albatross, but I'm. It's yet to have the full treatment. It's not called the, Seaman. The end. It's not called Seaman. Sorry. It should be called Seaman. Though. David. I, I need to show you the full contact sheet selection of that. I think yeah. you'd quite enjoy it. I think I would do. Um, but I'm making. I'm making loads of. So. I was speaking to someone I work with, um, who also teaches at a place called Boobsat. Boom Satsuma that I teach at on a degree program. And boom Satsuma. Just getting their name in. Um, How do you say it without going boom? Satsuma. I just say boom norm. Boom. I just say boom normally. Yeah. But for the crowd, I thought yeah, I'd boom reach it out. Um, so it's a degree program, and Lucy Helton is, a, yeah, like a fantastic artist. Um, and we were chatting about making your kind of first book, and she was talking about it's good to get that first like well-produced book out of your system yeah and then you kind of go right who are you really and she is bang on because the moment even from the moment I was making this book I was already realizing like that actually as an artist as a photographer my work doesn't totally sit in this like photocentric world like I had ideas yeah. of I'm not going to say the full idea because I don't want someone to steal it but um oh, some ideas around yes. creating like a publisher that doesn't belong to that world a publishing house um yeah and actually my next body of work is because I had such trouble contextualizing this work and writing around it I want to work with writers on like a series of well-produced works and books um not saying any names um and I basically I'm making these short stories that are all linked to a kind of consistent theme, but in different areas. Um, so the each blue. of those short stories... What? The colour blue. The colour blue. Well, no, no, it's, it, it's slightly different to that. The colour red. The colour red. I'm doing... Uh, you'll never walk alone. Red. You'll never walk alone. Uh, yeah. That's what it should be yeah. called. Um, but yeah, the, all these short stories that will use writing in a fun way, but mm. also a serious way. I think what I realised through making this book is that things don't have to be funny or serious or melancholic or anything specific. It can be a jumble. It can be, and actually most yeah. good art is a total jumble. Yeah. So I want it to be hilarious and serious and foreboding and cynical. Foreboding, and what a like, beautiful word. Yeah. I don't know if I know that word before. Foreboding. 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 <laughs> foreboding. That's amazing. 
So yeah, I, I'm I'm making work and I'm figuring it out, but I just want to make sure it's. I love that making work and figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better title. Making work and figuring it than out. our future install samples. <laughs> Yeah, probably. It's probably yeah, the more serious one. Yeah, probably. I feel like it... It doesn't always have to be serious, though, does it? It, can be it really doesn't. It can be foreboding. It can be foreboding. It can be... Yeah? Golf wang. <laughs> oh, my God. We should make a playlist. Um, I think you've perfectly encapsulated what it is to have rigour but not be structured. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want people thinking I'm... Have some a spreadsheet of what's in your freezer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, John... <laughs> Not happy about that, if that's what you're saying. John, we're coming for you. <laughs> I'd like to finish this. Oh, wait, wait. I've got a good finish. Right. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Where can people find you? People can find me. Uh, first and foremost, living in the countryside. Uh, but correct. If you want to see what I'm making, you can buy the book, first and foremost. Oh, love that. Uh, so, photo editions, mm-hmm. uh, available through Photo Bookstore. Yeah. Um, use um, use uh, Laura Mallet for 10% this, no, lie. Yeah, yeah. I've no, always don't. wanted to do that, though. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. We can talk about that. Wait, one, t- one day, can I do that? On your next book? Yeah. Uh, use we code, can arrange that. Use code SLUT for photos for 99% off. <laughs> You can arrange that with the publisher. I'll put you in touch. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sorry. You can, you can follow me on Instagram. That's a good place, yes. isn't it? It's the main output. It's Jamie E. Murray. It is Jamie Murray. Yeah, see, that's annoying. Yeah, it is annoying, but it is but, what it is. Yeah, okay. Um, or you can just... Do, do you have a website? Yeah, I do have a website. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm not good at this. You're uh, not structured. Jamie Murray dot work. Um, well, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it very much. They uh, think it's all over. It is now. You can find us on Instagram at aka photo slut, or you can email us at aka photo slut.